name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, make us worthy to pray for all thanksgiving. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not temptation, but let us be one in Christ Jesus our Lord. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and glory forever and ever. Amen. Okie dokie. No one else is willing to turn on the cameras. Thank you, Anthony. <laughs> um, okay, where are my notes? Okay, this is uh, this is a topic near and dear to my heart um, that I will try and hold back my personal things on. Um, because I feel very strongly about it. Um, and I hate talking about this topic actually as a priest. It was a lot easier when I wasn't, because um, I think that people, and I could be totally wrong, I worry that people think that it's a priest uh, selling himself um, for people to come to for guidance um, or for like the conversation um, when it is definitely um, at least for me, not, not the case. It's just that I, I know that for me personally, if it weren't for the discipleship of my elders, I'd be in a very different place today um, with a completely different life. Like, like there's something that impacts me on a personal level so much. And that's why I care a lot about people getting it because I saw the benefit of, of having it. Um, Okay, so we will, I'll jump into first Dorotheos's thing. I might inject some stuff at the end, um, but I hope that it starts a, a good conversation. And one more time for those of you who just joined, anybody willing to turn on the cameras would be greatly appreciated. Um, if not, no, no worries. So uh, Dorotheos starts as usual with a, a framing verse or a framing um, uh, quote from the fathers. This time it was a verse where he says, the wise man, Solomon says in the Proverbs, they that have no guidance um, fall like leaves, but in much counsel, there is safety. Um, and he gets right into it by saying, okay, can you see what um, scripture teaches us? Um, and he's gonna start explaining this verse, right? So he's saying, okay, right off the bat, scripture saying, don't trust yourself, don't, we shouldn't think of ourselves as intelligent. Um, and that might sound extreme to some people, but we'll get into that. Um, not to believe that we're able to govern ourselves. Um, and he says, for we have need of help. We have need of those who instruct us according to God. And there are, there are no people more unfortunate and closer to perdition than those who don't have an instructor in God's path. So these are, he starts off, very strongly um, on this. Um, and I'm smiling because so many people are so offended by that today. Um, of being, what do you mean and who people think they are? But well, again, I'll try not inject me till the end and at a minimal. And so he explains this thing that the, a guide, like the person no guidance falls like a leaf. And he says, because a leaf starts off green, blooming, beautiful, right? And he goes, but then it dies and falls. And when it dies and falls, he says it becomes a despised object. It's walked all over. 
right? Um, and he says, that's what it's like for a person who's not directed by anyone. Um, and it's funny because his starting assumption, which I don't know that it holds anymore, is he says a person starts with zeal for fasting, vigil, silence, obedience, and other good deeds. I'm not as certain that we all start off with that today, um, but I think he might mean the beginner to the spiritual path starts off wanting to be um, doing something good, right? And he says that little by little, that person becomes cold when they don't have instruction or support from another person um, or someone to kindle their zeal. So then that person dries up like a leaf, falls, becomes subject to being a slave of and trampled upon by the enemy, right? And he says that once in that place, the enemy can do with him whatever he wishes, which is scary, right? So he's saying you start off with that zeal, that excitement, that desire, I wanna do well, I wanna, I wanna progress. Um, and then they start doing stuff, they get cold, die off. I think most of you probably can relate to that um, on some level. I, I definitely can. Um, it says, on the flip side, a person who reveals their thoughts and actions and gets counsel in everything, that person, scripture says, the other half of the verse that he quoted, in much counsel, there is safety. Um, now, he emphasizes, and this is an, an important and interesting tali or emphasis, where he says, it says in much counsel, not in the counsel of many. Um, and he differentiates that on, on purpose. He's saying a person should get counsel about everything, not hiding some things and revealing others, but not, and we'll get to the dangers of it later on, and not a person who asks a hundred million people the same question. Um, and we can talk about that later if I remember, and if I don't, I hope somebody reminds um, why that might be dangerous to ask 100 million people. Um, and so he says that person that doesn't reveal everything, especially if something is wrong, a habit, bad company, um, then the devil will find some desire or self-justification in him that he'll use to throw the person down. Um, so he gets into the devil's tactics with these things. So that when the devil sees that somebody doesn't want to sin, then he doesn't start with the obvious, right? So he won't start like with fornication or theft, right? Knowing that a normal person might not desire this, right? Um, I'll throw in a personal story here. I remember one time in our told story before, sitting with my father confession when I was in college, um, and I said to him, I'm just like, the devil is so stupid, Abuna. Um, like, he keeps throwing this thought of smoking at me, which is so stupid. Like, I'm not even remotely interested in smoking. Um, I'm in pharmacy school. Like, that's not a thing. Um, so, like, ha, ha, ha. And Abuna looked at me and he's just like, God help you. Um, and he goes, the devil doesn't start with the obvious. So you think you're so smart, but 100% the devil is planning your downfall um, in a way that is so subtle that you won't even notice. And sure enough, within a few weeks I had, um, and I was crying out for help. Um, and so Dorotheus goes, he, he starts with a single desire or self-justification. Self-justification being 
me wanting to be right or me claiming my rightness or me starting with the, as myself as a point of reference, right? So he'll start with a single desire of the person or a single self-justification and under the pretext of goodness, he does harm, right? So it'll always be dressed up like something really good. But the devil will harm any just man and by joining our self-justification with his temptation, oh, he's very empowered and very effective, right? So he'll use that self-justification to set um, to set out traps for us. And we have no idea that we've either been trapped or in some cases that we're even already dying. Um, and so he says, how can we come to understand the will of God or seek it if we believe ourselves and keep to our own will? And that's, that's the golden question, right? If you are sincere about wanting to know what God thinks, then how is your starting point yourself, right? That's what he's saying. If your starting point is you, you're going to only hear you. Um, and so he quotes Abba Piman um, saying, our own will is like a bronze wall between man and God. It's a stone that stands and acts against the will of God. Um, and that's how he makes sense of, he's so biblical, Dorotheos, um, another proverb that says, by my God shall I leap over a wall as for my God, blameless is his way, right? By saying that my will is the barrier, whereas, and if I, if I don't get rid of my will, I can't, I can't jump over that, that wall, right? And that if what I want is what God wills, it's blameless on this other side of the wall. But a person who doesn't recognize the blamelessness of God doesn't stand a chance um, at jumping over that wall, right? It doesn't stand a chance. Um, and a self-willed person is abusive to any other way, right? Think of anybody you know that's stuck up on their own will um, in any matter. It doesn't have to be religious, right? Where like they might even claim to be coming to get your opinion, but the minute you give their opinion, they get angry, right? Where they're just like, no, I'm doing this. I hear what you're saying, but right, where you can tell even from the way that they're saying it, they had no intention of actually taking your advice. They really just wanted somebody to say how right they are. Now think about how often you're doing that spiritually. Um, these are those moments of, that I make fun of too often and I do them myself. I just think that, I just feel that, um, and then insert whatever your will is here um, and why whatever the person who's saying it must be wrong, um, especially your elder um, or your guide. Um, the synergy of self-justification and one's will is definitely a great danger and terror, he says, because that person will never believe that anyone else knows what is better for him other than himself. And once that person gives himself over to his own will, to his own thought, the enemy has arranged his fall. Um, and it can reach an extent where this kind of person hates the voice of anyone who speaks against his will, despising the person and give, that's giving advice or counsel. He's going to give some stories. I'm going to give some stories at the end as well. I don't want to, as like I said, I'll insert myself near the end. 
Um, and for this reason, the enemy will try and make sure that a person avoids any good counsel or any advice of any kind, right? Why? It's obvious. He knows that his evil doings are discovered the moment one begins to ask or speak about what is profitable. And he hates the enemy. The devil hates nothing so much and fears nothing so much as to be found out, as to be exposed, because then he can no longer deceive the person as he likes, right? My father confession growing up used to always tell me it's like lifting up a stone that the scorpion is hiding under. Once it's been exposed, the, the scorpion flees, right? And so he's like, this is why the devil hates exposure. But the minute we've lifted that rock, um, he's, been, he's been shown. Um, because if the soul, he continues, becomes rooted uh, in pr the practice of always asking and listening to experienced people, right? Do this, not that. This is a good idea. This is maybe not a good idea. This is you trying to make yourself right. This is your will coming out. Um, or no, now is the time for this, but maybe not the right time for this. Um, then the devil doesn't have a door, right? Because the person's receiving advice is his guardian, right? All around him. Um, and that's why the verse says, in much counsel, there is safety, right? That that person is guarded, that person is protected. But the enemy wants to fall like a leaf. Um, and he quotes the great St. Macarius, um, whom we have a fan in the room. Um, and he, he, he retells a story of this monk um, that was under the devil's grip, right? Now, the devil's going for a stroll. And St. Macarius sees him, and the devil tells St. Macarius, oh, I'm so excited. There's this monk that when I see him, when he sees me, oh, he spins like a top, right? Um, and the reason why he's spinning like a top was because this monk was refusing to confess his thoughts and get advice, right? He didn't want to look bad, whatever the reason is. He's ashamed, he wants to keep doing it. Whatever the reason is, he's not exposing it. So... Macarius inquires of the name of this monk, um, finds out his name, and uh, you know how the story goes. And Macarius goes to see him, and he asks the brother, "So how you doing?" Um, and the monk answers, and this is so typical of all of us. He answers a good religious answer, right, of being like, "By your prayers, Abba, well enough, right? All's good," um, and. St. Macarius says, asks him, are your thoughts not worrying you? No, everything's good so far. Right now, everything's, everything's great. Um, and he did not wish to confess anything, um, Dorotheo says, until the saint skillfully forced him to reveal his thoughts um, and having spoken the word of God to him, made him steadfast and turned him around. For those of you who don't know the skilled way that he employed like that time, where St. Macarius actually very much humbled himself and goes, oh, wow, you're so lucky. You know, sometimes I get thoughts of fornication. Sometimes I get troubled with lust. Sometimes I get troubled with envy. And every time he would say something like this, then the guy would be like, me too, right? And then Abba would be like, yeah, when I get that, here's what I do. 
right? And so he's so skillful by not even jumping at it, being like, and this is why you need to say it, right? He 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 became in solidarity with him. He he had real agape love. Um, and so with his skill, as Dorothea says, made him steadfast. The guy turns around, he's excited, he's ready, um, he's ready for work, right? So then when the devil comes back according to his custom, um, Macarius um, finds that the devil's put to shame because he finds this monk corrected and he can no longer mock this monk um, and, and was put to shame. So then the saint even asked the demon, how is that brother, that friend of yours uh, that you were uh, talking about? Um, and the demon no lo longer called him friend, but enemy and cursed him saying, now he too has been perverted and does not submit to me and instead has become fiercer than the rest, right? And the point, the point that um, Dorothea is trying to make here is that that exposure, right? That exposure is what saved him, right? It's that exposure that, that found him suddenly, the one that was a friend of the devil becoming the enemy of the devil. And the devil hates you, right? Like make no mistake about that. The devil is not your friend. The devil does not care about you. He wants your perdition. He wants you to be lost. And that's why he loves those who trust themselves because instead of their synergy being with God, their synergy is with the devil. Um, and that way it's so much easier to fall into um, his traps and his ways. Um, and he, he goes on to say two important things. Insert the word monk in any of these talks with Christian. He says, I do not know any other fall for a monk or Christian apart from this when he believes his own heart. If you see anyone who has fallen, he says, know that he followed himself. There is nothing more dangerous. There is nothing more ruinous than this. Right? And he says, okay, what if you think you're disturbing the elder? Or what if you think, you know, Abuna, he's going to say the same thing. I already know what he's going to say. There's no point in me going. Right? And so he goes, let me tell you a story, which is Dorotheus's way. So I like him. Um, I like stories. Um, he says, okay, there's a time when I was living in the community, community and I revealed all my thoughts to the elder Abidjan. And never, as I have said, did I decide to do anything without his counsel. And, you know, sometimes a thought would say to me, isn't he going to say the same thing? Why bother him? And I replied to the thought, anathema, accursed to you. Um, and your judgment, and to your reason, and to your wisdom, and to your knowledge, for what you know, you know from demons. So he would be so repulsed by the thought that he'd say those words. And then I would go and ask the elder. And sometimes it happened that he would reply to me the same thing that I already had in mind. Sometimes he would. But then the thought would say, well, what about this? You see, this is the same thing that I told you. Did you not disturb the elder in vain? And I replied to the thought, now it is good. Now it is from the Holy Spirit. But your word is evil from the demons, the voice and the work of a passionate disposition of soul. And thus I never allowed myself to submit to my thought without having asked the elder. We're saying, you know what? Even if he does say what I expected, even if he does say exactly what I thought, at least now I know that. And now it's, at least now it's coming from a place of safety. 
But if it's self-direction, I still don't know. Because there might be the time where it isn't what I expected. Um, and I put myself in danger. So he tells another story. He says, one day I was standing in the monastery courtyard, having grown faint and entreating God about this. He was in this place of despair. And I suddenly look into the church and I see a certain man who, who looks like a bishop, who seems to be carrying the, the, the holy gifts, the Eucharist, and entering the holy altar, the oblation. I would never go near a pilgrim or someone who was passing by without need or command. But something drew me to him and I went after him. Going in, he stood for a long time with raised hands, and I stood behind him praying in fear, for great fear and terror seized me at the sight of him. At the end of the prayer, he turned around and came to me, and the closer he came to me, the more I felt that fear and terror depart from me. Then standing in front of me, he stretched out his hands, touched my chest, and striking with his fingers said, with patience, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he was attentive unto me, and he hearkened unto my supplication, and he brought me up out of the pit of misery from the mire of clay. He set my feet upon a rock and ordered my steps aright. All these verses he pronounced three times each, striking my chest as I have said, and thus he went out. Immediately after this, there settled in my heart a most sweet, light, joy, consolation, great happiness, and I was no longer what I was before. When he went out, I hastened after him, desiring to find him, but I did not find him, for he had become invisible. So for those of you who don't get what just happened in the story, right, Dorotheus was in a place of wanting to give up, right? He was giving up. He was just like, I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm fatigued. I can't battle this anymore. And I'm done. But because he was someone who genuinely sought counsel, when he recognized holiness, and this happened to be an apparition, and he didn't even know at first, right, he approached near with the heart of saying, God, I need help. He prayed asking for guidance, right? And then this, this person who looked like a bishop to him, prays, turns around, touches him, and answers the exact issue that he had, right? Three times um, and freeing from him, from his, his, his warfare, right? And so it's, it's even the disposition of wanting it, right? That makes a person's, the person who desires to be exposed, makes them find help. Um, and he said, since then, he continues, I haven't had that issue. Um, and he said, the Lord covered me until now for the sake of the repose of those holy elders. Um, I told you this, brethren, he says, that you might know what peace and lack of sorrow, one who does not follow his own will, and what lack of danger with steadfastness that person can live when a person does not trust himself, does not believe himself, but in everything that concerns him, places his hope in God. Um, and he says, that's how we should act. So he ends with one more issue that a lot of people struggle with. What if you don't have anyone to ask? Right? And that's something that a lot of people ask. And he says, it's true that there is a person that might desire with all his heart to fill the will of God and find no one. And he says, God will never abandon this person, but will instruct him in every way according to his will. In truth, if one directs his heart according to the will of God, God will enlighten even a small child to tell him his will. Um, I was surprised actually here 
that he didn't give one of the Desert Father stories that's famous. Um, I believe it was also St. Macarius um, that, um, that had this story where he asked a small child to go, so what do I do if I'm hungry? And the kid says, eat. And he goes, well, what if I'm still hungry? He goes, eat some more. And he goes, and what if after I eat more, I'm still hungry? And the kid goes, what are you, a horse? Is either a horse or a pig? <laughs> and then the beauty of that story to me, I think with St. Macarius, is it says that um, he left edified, right? He was seeking counsel and he got it, even from this little kid, right? Um, so we will find that instruction if we, if we seek it. But he goes, but if you lack sincerity, that's what's scary. He says, when one does not sincerely wish to do the will of God, then though they go to a prophet, God might place in the heart of that prophet an answer corresponding to the man's corrupt heart, as scripture says. And if a prophet should cause to err and should speak, I, the Lord, have caused the prophet to, to err. That's petrifying. Um, that is absolutely petrifying. Therefore, we must direct ourselves with all our power toward the will of God and not believe our own heart. May the Lord God protect us from this fortune that comes upon those who trust in themselves and make us worthy to keep the path of our fathers so please his name. That's where Dorotheus ends. Um, to that point, right? This is why sometimes when a person is asking a zillion priests or a zillion elders advice, finds that they're all saying different things. Right. And then that person, especially the person who's being insincere, right, is the person who will come back being like, how is it that they're all saying the same thing if, if, if the so-called Holy Spirit um, is speaking? Right. And it's like, well, because it might be this. That you're not sincere. You're asking 100 people waiting for them to tell you what it is that you want to hear. Um, and here I might inject a bit of myself. Forgive me. Um, I will try and hold back because I know I talk too much and, and I'm not the, uh, the guru. Um, but I think we're really well intended sometimes, but we don't recognize that our knowledge is severely limited. And, and I think in a, in a culture that's so do-it-yourself, um, we think we can do that with spirituality and with Christianity, right? Um, and the devil is always going to abuse your weakness and the weakness of others, as Dorotheo said. Um, and so we might end up doing things, saying things, wanting things that are actually um, a horrific idea with the best of intentions, um, I actually remember a priest once, um, just to show you, like, you can have the best of intentions and something happened that's hor like horrible, right? There's a priest once who by fluke um, I was talking to and that there was a, a person at his church who was secretly struggling with atheism. And the priest wanted to put this atheist in a position of service in the church that would 100% scandalize the person even more. 
right? And they're then bringing it up, the priest didn't do anything wrong, right? The priest did nothing wrong by simply having an idea, right? Black, and he contrary wise, he, he wanted to, to do something very positive. But my point is that the, the devil is, is very cunning, right? Of being like, okay, hey, like put this guy here because this guy is secretly an atheist, right? Pe- most people didn't know, right? Now, let me put him where they'll see the politics, the fighting, the irreverence, right? All of that, that stuff. So that that person is just like, aha, see, and they're all fake anyway. Let's get out of here, right? It's, it, he's, he's cunning, right? And that's why St. John Climacus um, talks about the complete necessity that you have to have faith in your director, even to the point of seeing Christ. Um, and I, I beg you to hear me as the voice of somebody receiving. I'm not saying this as though I'm an elder. That's not from where I'm speaking this, right? That I've lived this and I've seen this, right? Because if you don't trust them and you don't cut off your will, um, you're setting yourself up not just as an idol, but for a monumental fall, right? You have to be honest in your, rev- your revealing of your thoughts to your elder in word and deed, St. John Climacus says, um, with precision, right? And I, I, honestly, it is so liberating because you end up being fearless, right? When you don't reveal something, you're going to fear that thing, right? For example, right? Like sometimes, um, I'm using an extreme example, where somebody has, is coveting priesthood, okay? Where they want it, right? And they know that they want it and they've got an arrogance about it internally. And maybe, maybe people are also wanting that person to get ordained, right? If that person hides that they want it, hides their motivation. And let's say they end up getting ordained. They will struggle with fear once they start having problems of being like, but I wanted this. I wanted this and I even answered people in a particular way. I presented myself in a particular way and I hid it because I wanted it, but maybe I wasn't supposed to be a priest. Oh no, what shall I do? And that person might not even realize to Dorotheus's point or, earlier saying, and if I tell Abuna, he's going to be like, no, 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 don't touch this. When actually, what if the person is called and has an ego? That is a possibility, right? It might not even be what they were expecting. But the person who revealed that is no longer afraid. If they're not called in just a warfare, they're saved. If they were called and it was a warfare, they're saved, right? But there's a safety that comes, right, from that revelation. I remember even, um, and I know I've told this story before, like when I was first ordained, like my father confession, actually, I'll, I'll start before that. Ten years before that confession, I used to write on uh, CopticHymns.net that was run by one of the priests from my diocese um, before he was a priest. And the tant that was in charge of my church's website. Um, she took my articles from there that she found and went and put them on the church website. And I was so happy, 
right? And I'm just like, that's sick. It's got Abuna stuff and my stuff, right? And I'm just like some 20, 21 year old, right? Um, who thinks he's a theologian. Um, and a couple of days later, the articles are down. Um, and I go in for confession with my priest and he just looks at me and goes, so um, your articles were on the website and I told the webmaster to take it down. And I was trying to act all humble. I'm like, okay, no problem. Yeah, of course. Um, it's like, some of them are all right. A couple of them sucked. Um, and he was like, but um, this is not the time. Like if you're writing like this right now and get this kind of attention, this is not good for you spiritually, right? This is going to 100% blow you up. Um, you probably should have asked before accepting to write um, but, um, and he was nice about it, just like, you can continue on that site within the scope that they've given you. I won't make you stop that. Um, but that's it, nothing else. And when I found a reason to stop, I stopped, right? I didn't pick up the pen to write again until fast forward however many years when my father confession said, right, without me even bringing it up, right? And I'm bringing up that he brought it up to say that God was watching all of this. Right. Because if I were to have an ego at the dunya, I still do. Um, then this could kill me. Right. So then when he instructed me to write within six months, of the blog was like, dude, like you should consider this as a podcast. Some of these blogs are really long to read. But if I could listen to on the way to work, it would be really helpful. And all the people have these rational reasons for why it was. But at the time of it. There's only like two Coptic priests with with podcasts. Right. So I was very aware. That if I did it at the time, I was going to get attention, right? But now I'm not afraid of that exposure. This is why I'm saying it. So I went and called my father confession. I'm like, so, all right. I ignored the request for a year before even asking or just being like, no, no, no. And then finally, and it was increasing, went to my Abba. And I just said, Abba, um, so here's the thing. Now people are asking for it to be a podcast. Um which I understand the rationale for. Here are the benefits. Now, here's the other issue. I have an ego the size of the globe um, and it's going to get me attention. And so doing this might make me spiral out of control and be completely full of myself. So I don't know whether I should do it or not. So I'm just asking and whatever you say, I'm down with. Right? Just exposing it made it such a non-issue. Right? And so his reaction was like, Cool, I think it's a good idea. Do it. And we'll keep an eye on your ego. And if it does, we'll turn it off. Um, knowing that it might even be like more embarrassing, for example, to turn it off. Right. But then even when he gave the okay, I ignored it for another year or two. Because the devil, like I said, and like Dorothy's is saying, he's working with all your weaknesses. Right? If I was afraid with the no, not even knowing I might even get the yes. It would be in fear, it would be in secrecy, I'd be feeding the ego, right? And I'd be setting myself up for a fall, right? But exposure is so important. And sometimes we don't, like, I want to speak against, like, people who give conditional obedience to the elder, right? The person is like, I'm going to only follow the instruction insofar as it, make sense to me 
And I find that mind blowing. And that's what I'm just like, it's, it's not because I'm a priest and it's not that I'm ranting about people in confession at all. Um, but it's a common thing where it's just like, imagine going to a doctor and saying, I'm only going to take a prescription if you can convince me the value of it. Right. And what if you don't understand the pharmaceutics or the biochemistry or the physiology or whatever it is behind it or going to your physiotherapist and being like, I think that I think that exercise is dumb. I'm not doing it. I'm in pain and you're telling me to still exercise my arm. That's stupid. Right. Then why did you go? Why did you go to the guy? Right. So if you come in to that point, I'm not saying don't discuss. I'm not saying don't respond. I'm not saying you can't ask questions. That's that's not the issue. But when your premise for like whether you're going to reveal thoughts or listen is based on your intellect, then you're already doing the exact thing that Dorotheus was talking about. You're starting with self-justification and the devil will go to town with you on that. And then when you become selective in receiving your instruction, right, then you end up hating instruction more because you're only ha you're obeying when it was when it was convenient and not when it wasn't and then when it doesn't work out you're like i should never have spoken to them in the first place and it's like actually you might be right but not for the reason you think it would have been better for you to not than to fake do it at least if you fake do it you knew you were following your own will but when you're dressing up your own will as though it's obedience you're in grave danger Right. That's the thing that the devil is not an idiot um, with what with what he's doing. Um, I remember one time when I was serving back home in Kitchener, uh, where I grew up, um, there was a youth who called me at like one or two in the morning um, asking if he could. He said he was kicked out of his house and he wanted to know if he could come stay with me at my place that I was renting at the time. And in my heart is like, of course, this is love. Right. But I was just like, I want to train me, always ask. So I was like, well, he's going to have to deal with me waking up at one in the morning. Um, so I called him, woke him up and I was like, sorry, Buna, but this is going on. He goes, do not let him. And I was like, what? He goes, do not allow him to come over. Tell him to find any family member that he has and go over. And I obeyed. I obeyed and I was annoyed. And I, I thought myself more compassionate than Abuna, right? I'm just like, I was like, wow, Abuna doesn't have like this heart that I have um, where I am bleeding for this youth. Um, and I'm like, but I'm like, but whatever, obedience is, is good. So God bless the obedience, even though it was a horrible obedience, it was a very presumptuous obedience. But what I did not know and I did not understand is that because this person was struggling with an addiction and addictive behavior, he would stay at people's houses, not leave, and start stealing from them. And Abuna's guidance spared me from that disaster that was dressed up as self-righteousness, right? There's, there's, there's a covering in it, right? There's even that story of the monk that actually we talked about in the first chapter of Dorotheos, the one who said, by the prayers of my Abba, Lord, save me, and found himself on the way right, is that the very mere act of this submission to someone else's will other than my own is of monumental value in terms of your protection, 
right? It really, like, I can't emphasize it, Dorothy, enough. It really acts as your protector. And it saves you from two warfares, despair and an overactive ego. Because you can always revert to why am I doing this? Because I asked. So when I'm in despair, it's like, no, 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 no. Like when it says, oh, you suck, you're blah, blah, blah. Um, you shouldn't be doing this. Like, no, I'm doing it because I, I was told to. And on the flip, if it's like, wow, you're so amazing. You did be like, no, I'm not. I just did what I was told. Right? You're protected even, even from that kind of, of warfare. Um, because the self-guided monk, there's that infamous story that I'll repeat for those of you who haven't. Sorry for those of you who have probably heard a hundred times. There's that really famous story of that monk. Um, I think his name was Abba Heron, but I'm not, I can't remember. Um, who, as he was praying, um, a so-called angel appeared and started praying with him. And he started off, right, he went to his elder and told him, Abba, like, I had this beautiful, amazing blessing. Um, as I was praying, angels came and prayed with me. And again, the elder having spiritual insight, right, by his own experience, by his own skill, knew from the conversation something was wrong. And so he told him, Abuna Habibi, um, I, don't, I don't think this is uh, from God, right? Pray without looking for that, like give him some advice, I'm assuming sign yourself, right? But Abuna walked out of that session with... I think Abuna is jealous. I think maybe Abuna doesn't realize to what extent that I practice my prayer and that it's from the heart. I'm not sure that he understands me, right? It starts subtle, right? I'm not sure that he gets me. And I don't think he understands, like, if it's from the devil, I'm, I'm making up the thoughts in his mind right now because it's typically how it goes. It never, as Dorothea says, starts with obvious. It doesn't start off with, I will defy my Abba. Right, it starts off with like, I know he's well intended, but weren't we told that something from God has peace and joy and happiness? Well, that's what I had. So I don't know what to do. Um, I hope that Abuna doesn't become an issue. Right? And so then um, he goes back and the devil found his self-justification, found his will, and appeared to him all the more, right? And so then this monk, if he was even still confessing, wouldn't even bring it up if he were to go, right? Started getting more and more into it. Um, then it was just like, why pray with the rest of the monks, which is supposed to be the communal prayer? I've got angels in my room. Clearly God likes this. So he stopped attending the prayers. The monks came and asked him like, Abuna, where are you? Please come. Anyway, he reached the point where the, where the, the angel told him, um, hey, um, guess what? You are the level of Elijah, right? Elijah and Enoch, the two who left the world while alive, God sees you like that. And tomorrow morning, when the bells of the praises rings, the Lord is sending a chariot to bring you up beloved of God. And he's like, sweet, 
right? Which anybody with any kind of spiritual health would probably have seen that as a warning light if you are excited by that, right? Um, and as, as those of you who know the story know, he went out, saw a chariot, which was an, a, an illusion, a delusion from the devil. He jumps off the wall. Um, he ends up dying from his injuries. Um, in that story, he repented before he died. There's another one to something similar happened who, who didn't, um, who, who, who insisted on their, on their sin. Um, one more story and I'll shut up because I know I'm talking way too much. But um, to Dorotheus's point about not worrying about what the elder of the Abba will say when you're being sincere and transparent. I had a, a problem um, once where there was something that I wanted and my, and I met resistance. Um, I'm smiling because my mom is on this and I, I did not put anyone on blast. Um, and my priest ended up taking the side of those who are resisting and saying, um, this is not God's will, not now or ever. And I was, I was very bothered by this. And in my view, he was mistaken. In my mind, it was, how can you say not now or ever? I can understand not now. But how can one speak for God being not ever? And he may have been mistaken. That's not even the issue at hand. Fast forward six months later, I'm in Egypt, and there's a very direct and clear voice persistent from God um, saying a certain thing to do. Now. I did exactly what Dorotheus was talking about and I had read the book and I was just like, Lord, I want to know. And I'm struggling because I want my thoughts revealed. I want your word and I want to obey. So I don't know what to do. And so I went to see who's now my father confession wasn't at the time. Um, and I was like, Lord, like, please speak on his mouth. Um, and when I went up, Abuna brought up exactly what it was that I had been hearing over and over and over and over and over again. Um, and I exposed what was going on. He goes, and he gave certain advice. Um, and, and he was excited. Now, on our way down from visiting him, um, I was like, okay, who else is in my life that I would like to hear from? Not about hearing from too many, but because I know, I, I know what up until now has been my father confessions will. And so I was like, Lord, I want to ask Abuna Angelos Elantoni, God repose his soul. Um, and so I was like, okay, he hopefully will come to the monastery before I leave. And if he doesn't, before I fly out, I'll make a, a trip to him. I'm on my way down from where I was and I had no reception in the mountain. Um, and so when my phone got reception, I found one of my fathers, one of the abunas I love, blowing up my phone. He's like, Fainak, where are you? Um, and I was like, I just came down. He goes, he goes, Ilha, Abun Angelos is here. Um, I was like, no way. It was a completely unplanned, unexpected visit, right? I go to Abun Angelos, and before I even get to tell him what's happening, right, he, was just, he, he went and said exactly what the other father said, right? And I was... I was floored. Um, and so I was just like, okay, thank you, God. So for the rest of my retreat, I was praying on it. And then the first Abba said to me, listen, you know very well what God is saying. 
you better listen to it. Even if your father confession says no. And I don't want to get into it right now because what he's saying is true sometimes. That is true sometimes. But I just don't want that to be the focus of the conversation. But I was in my heart being like, but I don't know how to do that. I don't have that same boldness yet about discerning when I ought to, when I ought not to. At least I've exposed myself that if I do it right now, I'm covered by this exposure of two very experienced elders. But Lord, you know that I want, I want it to be in obedience also to my father confession. Because I won't know how to not to. So when I flew back to Canada, I went to Vespers at our church and I was scared out of my mind. I told them when I want to talk about it at Vespers. I'm like, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't even know what to say. Um, and I'm a son of St. Mary. Um, so I was at her, I'm at, from her church. I was looking at her icon like, you're going to have to hook me up. Um, and one of your kids who gave me instructions, it's on you. I don't even know what to say. So when I went into with Abuna, after praying for God's wisdom, I just revealed it. I said, Abuna, I hadn't planned the words. I didn't know what the words were going to be. I didn't know what I was going to say. It just came. I'm saying, Abuna, this is what happens. I believe that is God's will. But I don't want to go without your blessing. And to my surprise, the same Abuna who said, not God's will, not now or ever, said, I agree. I agree, and you ought to go. You ought to listen to this. And not only that, if your parents, sorry, mama, um, stand in the way, <laughs> I will. Um, I will speak up um, on your behalf. Um, so, and the reason for saying that is saying, look at the protection of God to the person who, and it's not because I'm even good, just from the desire to be, obedient just from the exposure right if i hadn't if i hadn't if i had moved i would have moved in fear i would have moved in a fight i would have moved in terror i would have moved with anxiety right it would have been i would have been nervous whenever i visit my home church because i was moving far away right all of those things but instead everyone is at peace right everyone is at peace and that a person who regularly exposes God is able to work through that mystery because while guidance is not necessarily part of the sacrament of confession, when approached sacramentally, it is still a mystery. And God will still speak and the Holy Spirit will still speak sacramentally if you treat it in that way. Um, so I promise I wouldn't keep talking because it's been a whole hour, I'm sorry. Um, but may God grant us the protection and the safety that comes from um, the, the seeking of advice, the seeking of counsel, um, so that we follow his will in everything. Uh, glory be to God forever. Amen. Any questions, comments? Uh, it was good to see you, Habibi. Mom, you you unmuted yourself, but no one heard you. <laughs> no, I said it was always uh, it is always good Nahum, to see go ahead. you, Habibi. And I look 
Towards you right me. now. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I know what you were talking about. <laughs> Can I ask a question? Oh, sorry. You know what? Sorry. My, there was no sound coming out. It was, uh, it was trying to come through the mic. So mom, I didn't hear you. That might be a good thing um, in case I'm in trouble. Um, but apparently you can all hear my mom, so <laughs> I'll find out after. Uh, go go ahead. And um, I I think the question I had was about something you mentioned earlier that um, the council of many people versus um, seeking a lot of counsel, mm -hmm. and what the difference is. Having one person or few people that you reveal um, everything to allows somebody to see you as a whole, right? But when a person goes and asks many, many people, everybody's coming from their own particular um, um, point of view, right? Like th they're well-intended, right? But they might not know why it's right or wrong for somebody, right? So, for example, um, I've seen a case recently where there was something, a big monumental life decision, and usually life decisions would all be like, go slowly. Whereas for the first time, this was a case where I'm like, this needs to happen ASAP. Knowing the intimate details of everybody involved and what was happening, right? That, that was the most um, safe. And, and I mean, the details of everything, everything were in front of me. If they were to call another random Abuna, he would probably say something very wise of la 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 la, don't don't rush. Anything rushed is usually not from God. And that's true. It's usually not from God. Right? But then they'd be like, okay, well, what do I do? My father confession said now. This other famous Abuna said later. Right? And then they call person number three being like, I don't know what to do. My father confession said this, this other person said this, what do I do? I'm like, well, they both have a point, but I think maybe, right, add voice number three, right? And then add voice number four and voice number five. And then you have no idea what to do, right? And then it's like, right? And so that's why it's like, my thing is have one guide and you can have multiple mentors, right? To me, it's like having one physician that manages your care. And there's nothing wrong with seeing specialists for certain things. There's nothing wrong with that, right? But that there's still somebody who sees all of you that's managing your care um, so that it doesn't, it doesn't go astray. Thank you. No worries. Naeem, you had your hand up, I think. Uh, hello, but I just had the I had the same question actually. So sweet. Let me see if there's any. Uh, is there any online? Because I don't have it uh, opened. Okay. No, there is not. All right, thanks guys. Sorry if that was uh, too long or too heavy. Um, 
and um, please uh, keep me in your prayers. Let's end with a prayer. In the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, make us ready to pray with all thanksgiving. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not temptation, but soon we will one. Praise you, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power and glory forever. Amen. Love of God the Father, grace only God and Son. Communion, give to us with you all, go in peace. The peace will be with you all. Good night, everybody.